Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode 190 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. And my name is Barbara. Feels like we just did this five minutes ago. <laughs> we can't let people in on the secret. How are you today? I'm doing all right. Yeah. Has the end of the year rush started yet? Yes. Yeah. When does it start? Like November 1st? Or? I don't know. I've got diagnostics coming out my ass right now. There's at least 30 in here. So I think, you know, it's the calm before the storms. We do the diagnostics and then the cases come in and it's first week in November. So you can imagine what December's going to look like. <laughs> and it's like nuts, nuts. I've never seen so many. I'm grateful, but I'm having a hard time juggling them all. Well, the secret is when you do those diagnostics, don't do them so well. So the patient yeah. will not accept treatment and you won't be so busy. Duh. I know. <laughs> we still hand do all of them. Do you so, really? Yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot of them. You haven't started milling white wax? I mill white wax and I do hand wax. So I've got two waxers right now. One does all of it hand waxed. And now I've got another one that's prepping and then we scan it and then she designs it and then we mill the wax and then she puts it on. So I'm doing it both ways. I'm doing it both ways this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sounds confusing. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, as I mentioned, this is episode 190. Oh my God. 90. We are only 10 Crazy. episodes away from the big 200. Can you believe it? Um, Yeah. I've yeah, I know well you long. always believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every moment to you is a blessing. Yes, it is. So the question is, is what are we going to do for episode 200? What amazing guest do you think we should have on? I'd like to hear from people. I think it'd be interesting. If anybody has any idea who we should talk to on episode 200, drop us an email or reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook. It's a big number, 200. We're going to have to have a big time guest. Episode 100 was Anton. Awesome. It's also official. One of our favorite meetings of the year is back to its usual time of the year. And it's back to its old city. Vegas. Vegas. NADL's Vision 21. It was in Nashville Nashville. this year. Did you go? No. No, I didn't either. I was bummed. Yeah, I really wanted to. It was just a bad time. Really wasn't ready to travel. But in 2022, it is back in Vegas at the Aria? Aria? Aria. Aria, back at the Aria Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, January 20th to the 22nd. Now, this great meeting is usually geared towards more of the business side of our industry, but I always feel that it's one of the best networking events of the year. Oh, yeah. Agree. A lot of big names there. A lot of big names. So COVID made the meeting move cities last year, but we're excited to get it back on track. So head over to NADL forward slash events to see the amazing speaker lineup and to register. And remember, for many in the country, myself included, it is in the desert in the middle of winter. That makes it a good place to go, y'all. I'm hoping to warm up a little bit in January. (laughs) So this week, we talked to the self-proclaimed Mr. Awesome of Instagram, Justin Gerard. Gerard. Great interview. It was fun. Super fun. Justin is the co-owner of Colonial Dental Lab in Mechanicsville, Virginia. 
Now, Justin's pretty popular for telling it like it is, and he doesn't hold back during this conversation. Justin talks about getting into the industry, what it's really like being a removable technician, and other great gems from Mr. Awesome himself. So join us as we chat with Justin Gerald. Whitmix is very excited to announce the new Pro 4K large format 3D printer from Asiga. The open material printer for the 385NM and the 405NM resins features renowned Asiga reliability and super fast print mode for large batch printing of virtually all print resins. It's ideal for printing any kind of model, denture, splints, surgical guide, impression trays, and more. As it does with other Asiga printers, the Pro 4K features the SPS Smart Positioning System technology, which ensures that the build platform is in the correct position when forming each layer, providing accuracy and continuity. The Asiga 4K DLP printer is affordable, so you can own it for under $25,000. It has a large build plate and is available in both the 65 micron and the 46 micron resolution versions. For more information about the Asiga Pro 4K, visit Whitmix.com or call Chris Fry at 513-680-1512. And as always, we appreciate your support of the podcast, Whitmix. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. Everybody's A2. Yeah, she was like an A3 and wanted a BL4. Ugh. <laughs> Close enough. I got a doctor like that that uh, never writes shades on the script. And every time I call him, he goes, oh, just put A2. Everybody's an A2. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to have a doctor that everything was a shade. And then he wrote with a gray wash over everything. Oh, yeah. I was like, dude, you need to change your lights. Like exactly. everything can't have a gray wash. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm removable, so it's one shade, and uh, we're not going to get it wrong. If you want an A2, it's an A2. But I'm not giving you an A3 with an A2 and sizal and like, <laughs> this is you're you're thinking of the wrong department here, guy. That happens quite a bit. Multiple shades on a denture tooth. I remember right. seeing that quite a bit. Well, awesome. Let's get started. We encourage cussing because I know because I know you'll do that. <laughs> I'm going to try not to. But. You can. You can, please. I think this week's episode, I think he's got the record for the most bleeps as a guest. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, uh, uh, John Wilson? Yeah. I just finished his episode on the way to work this morning. <laughs> yeah. If you could do better than calling yourself a mother that would uh... <laughs> We'd like to welcome to the podcast, I'm going to say Instagram star. <laughs> Mr. Awesome, misspelled, we'll get into that in a little bit, Justin Gerard, did I say it right? Yeah, that's so, right, man. Justin right. Gerard, how are you, sir? Good, man, good, good. Uh, <laughs> glad to be on the show. You know, I've been listening to this podcast for a while now, and I uh, love everything you and Barbara have done for the community, and uh, uh, yeah, I love hearing everybody's backstory and where they've come from, you know, you must be reaching for the bottom of the barrel if uh if, if you're reaching out to me to get you on the show so. <laughs> we've run out of everybody <laughs> I know, right? you definitely have a podcast voice if i must say so myself i like it well it's uh well it's usually 
you know, even more loud and obnoxious than this, <laughs> but I spent the weekend out with some buddies hooting and hollering and drinking beer and smoked a couple cartons of cigarettes and a lot, I had no voice on Sunday. So it's finally just now starting to come back. All right. <laughs> All of which I enjoy just saying. Oh yeah. It was a good time. Hooting and hollering, you know, fireball, wine, cigarettes, Motley Crue, which obviously nobody knows anymore. Elvis. <laughs> I've heard of them now. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, Justin, long-time listener, first-time guest. Let's get into your backstory. How did you end up in dental technology? Oh, dude, that goes, it really goes all the way back to when I was a kid. I had a dentist come and visit our, it was either second or third grade class, Dr. Michael Hanley, who, uh, funny enough, is a doctor I work for today. Wow. Seriously, that's awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. So he just came to our class uh, to teach everyone about dentistry. And uh, he had all these cool models and molds of teeth and people's mouths. And it really just fascinated me. And ever since that point, uh, I was just really interested in dentistry and I actually wanted to become a dentist to start with. So no history uh, or no family background in dentistry, nothing like that. Let's see, about my sophomore year in high school, there was a uh, Chesterfield Tech Center program for dental assistant, and I decided to take that just to learn terminology and get my foot in the door. And well, that's what I found out about dental lab technology was through that program. Didn't even know they existed, you know, it was all behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. I mean, that really caught my attention. So I asked my teacher uh, when it came time to do our uh, externship, you know, instead of going and working as a dental assistant for a uh, dentist, I could instead go work in a lab. So, so yeah, she agreed, said that it is still followed the same curriculum. And I went to work for Mike Gallagher, DRS Dental Lab here in Mechanicsville. And I worked for him my sophomore and senior year in high school. And I got more interested in uh, dental lab technology than becoming a, a dentist in general. So, and then going to school for eight years, that was really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, I, I'm, I'm already working now. I'm making money now or go to school for another eight years and then, and then start making money. So that kind of went to the wayside there and I just kept working in a lab and I loved it. Uh, you know, I love working with my hands. I love the, the craftsmanship involved. And from there, I went to J. Sergeant Reynolds here in Richmond, had a good two-year program in the, uh, in the lab field. So I took that and ended up getting a job at Goodwin Dental Lab, which at the time was really one of the bigger labs in Central Virginia. And family-owned business, maybe about 30 employees altogether there. So what did you do? Uh, removable. So I've always okay. been a removable tech. Crown and Bridge never interested me. It was just always too small, too tedious. I'm half colorblind to start with, so shade matching and, and uh, anything that building all those internal characteristics involved in uh, custom anterior shading was just never appealed to me. So removable is always like, uh, I, I don't know, like the redheaded stepchild to the uh, lab industry. And that, I mean, that's, it's, it's like the equipment, everything's more like working in a garage. The atmosphere is like working in a garage. Totally. I, I feel like it, you've got to be a lot more mechanically inclined. And that really just uh, suited me a lot better. 
So uh, I fell right along with removable right from the start, and I've been doing that ever since. You were a sophomore in high school and you went to work. Is that where he started you? Yeah, so I started in the removable department. Didn't really know anything about Crown and Bridge. So, I mean, that might have something to do with it, too, just because I did start in removable and uh, not the fixed side. But uh, either way, I quickly learned that uh, Crown and Bridge was not for me anyways. Even my lab, our building today, if you walk over the removable side, it's like working, and you know, it's a workshop, and I like it that way. It's dirty, it's (laughs) dusty, it's dingy, it's it's loud, and uh, it looks like a, a workshop a garage type atmosphere and then if you walk out the door over to my partner's side of the building you know it looks like a, a you know like a, a an art studio beauty salon over there everything's clean and glistening and they've got all the fancy equipment over there with the i don't know man they're, they're playing music and there's blue lights and it's bing bonging all over the place and then you come over here and we've got a you know, I got a, I got a ladle with a hole in it in a turkey roaster. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We've upgraded since then. <laughs> Floor's a little dirty on your side compared to theirs. Oh, good God, yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. So when I was in, I was going through the program at JSARGE. That's where I actually met my partner. He runs the Crown and Bridge side of the business. And we went to school together. Real cool guy. Couldn't ask for a better partner. So you guys were in your early 20s when you guys met, right? Yeah. So that was in 98 to 2000. We graduated. He left. And he actually, you know, he started his, he started this company actually right out of school, Colonial Dental Lab. And went for years, about 12 years later, he showed up at Goodwin, the lab I was working at, and just ran into me happenstance uh, working there. He had just brought one of his buddies over from Egypt to try and uh, expand his business, which was really just still a one-man lab. He had got sick of it, got tired of it. I just It's its just no way to live your life, yeah. <laughs> in my opinion, in this field, working by yourself. And he wanted – he asked if I was interested in uh, partnering up with him and, and starting a full-service lab. And, I, you know, I was like, yeah, like get me out of here. Let's go. Wow. And so uh, – from there, uh, he had the building we're in now was just uh, either one or two rooms. He had brought in a couple more kids from the program at J Sarge, and shoot, we've grown since then into a you know we're not a small we're like one of them in between labs. You know, we got about twenty five employees. I got seven guys in my department uh, that work with me and removable, and then he's got his crew of yuppie. Crown and Bridge technicians <laughs> over there, <laughs> and we're doing really good now. You know, we, we really oh, yeah. were blessed. So, so he was a one man lab. So he he got you to come over, and then you guys built it from there. So, did you go out and sell? Did you go to dentist offices? Yeah, and I mean that really was the hardest to me. The hardest part about everything is just getting your foot in the door. Yeah. Uh, so it was, and I was still moonlighting over here, working my day job at the other lab all hours of the night, and uh, and then yeah, having to go out and try and get these doctors to send you something is uh, it's something else. And no matter what, you know, the first thing everybody wants to do is just undercut everybody's prices. Be the cheapest guy in town just to get something in. And I told myself there's no way I was going to do that. 
Yep. So that makes it even harder when, uh, you know, you price your products correctly and you, and you stick to it. I've never been one to negotiate, but, you know, I know my quality. I know the type of product we put out and I'm going to stick to it. So, yeah. so you were talking about the fact that uh, you weren't going to let anybody undercut your prices, which is amazing. So as you were getting these new clients, what, what I always find is that you either have a removable lab or you have a crown and bridge lab and they've got two or three labs, but you guys have crown and bridge and removable so they can get the best of both worlds. So you guys both worked on the same clients. Is that right? Yeah, that does make everything a lot more appealing and it makes the whole process way easier working on these big combo cases when you've got the two departments working together side by side like oh, that. Oh yeah. Cause God, I mean, I, it's, it, there's nothing worse than getting a, a precision attachment case made in another fixed lab sent over to you where they, they don't have to deal with the removable side and all of a sudden sure. you got an ERA and then the the, uh, the opposing cusp is banging right down on top of that attachment, and you're just sitting here like, God, there's another yeah, nightmare waiting to happen. Total Absolutely. nightmare. Been there, done that many times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, removables is tough. It's tough, but, uh, well, I don't know. I hear everyone say I, I love the challenge. I'm, I, I enjoy a good challenge, but I tell you what, I'm sick of the challenges. Just send me all the easy work, you know. <laughs> I want the bread and butter work which yeah. we don't get anymore. Well, we still do, but uh, I've kind of become more known as uh, an implant and bar specialist. That's the kind of stuff we get, and uh, we do a lot of it. But, man, it is it has just become such a – it's a pain. Yeah, I love doing it, uh, but, man, hey, Doc, send me some of that easy work too, you know. There you mm-hmm. go. <laughs> Offset the hard stuff every now and again. <laughs> so do you actually go out and do conversions and everything? No, I get asked that a lot. And I mean, it's still something I'm thinking about doing here in the future, but I'm still stuck at the bench too much right now. We're at that point where we're just getting ready to kind of tip the curve and and, and get over that hill where I need to bring on a good high-end technician who can handle a lot of the work that I do at Mm. the bench now so I can get out and do more things like that, or at least sit down and focus more on the big higher end, more technically involved implant cases. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's what I need to focus on. I need to get, uh, get away from the bench, focus more on the business side. Yeah. A lot of owners need to do that. And it's not an easy thing to do. Uh -uh. I mean, we talk to people all the time. It's one of the hardest parts of growing a lab is just getting off the bench. Yeah. uh, And it really is. The old saying, it's definitely true. If you're not growing, you're dying, and uh, you never feel comfortable. You're either too slow or you're way too busy. Yeah, um, I agree. That's and cool, lately, yeah. it's just been, it's been, I mean, just slammed balls to the walls with work, which is great uh, until you got to figure out how to get all this work done. Yeah. <laughs> So you're doing a lot of implants too. So where the heck did you get your training on that? Or do you have a tech that's, that specializes in implants also? Well, yeah, a lot of my guys do do some of the implant work. I still had most of it all up. Wow. And most of the training I got was really from uh, the lab I worked at uh, before I started my own business. Uh, old Joe Goodwin from Goodwin Dental Lab. I know them. 
Yep. Do you really? He man, he was a great, great guy. I was we all. I always referred to him as the Godfather of Dental Lab Technology. He was <laughs> a dying breed of of techs. That you know, when I left, he was in his late eighties. I always thought he was just going to end up dying right there, keeling over right <laughs> right at his bench. <laughs> Yep. And he still wore a suit and tie to work every single day. He had his, uh, he was certified and I guess then it was still just uh, either four or five categories of, wow. uh, of certification. Yeah, he was certified in all of them. And he would let me do whatever I wanted. I mean, if, if, you, if, which was a great learning experience. If I wanted to get away from waxing and start setting teeth, go for it. Uh, and, they did a lot of implant work there, so I got a lot of my experience uh, through uh, Joe over at Goodwin. Really, I owe a lot of my career to him. I've got a lot of respect for him. It was you know, a real sad day when I heard he had passed away. Yeah. I actually had a chance to buy that lab after I left and started my own business, but there was just a lot of negotiating back and forth, and uh, it didn't end up working out, but uh, he was a great guy. He actually stood up on me one day. When uh, he found, because I, I did a lot of moonlight when I was working there, mm-hmm. uh, working for just labs all over RVA, and he had found out somehow through the grapevine, and this eighty, you know, five year old man comes walking up to me. I'm sitting at the bench, <laughs> and he goes, "I heard you're out working, you know, working for so and so," and he goes, "You're my technician, and you don't you don't work for the competition." And he comes walking over with his fist balled up. And I had to stand up. I thought he was going to punch me. I'm like, Joe, are you going to hit me? <laughs> and then what? You got to finish that. So what the hell happened? Oh, so, I mean, it was just a big old argument right there in the lab, which that happened all the time. You know, it's a, me saying, Joe, what I do on my own time is my own business. You know, I've just had a baby at the time and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Wow. Anyways, he ended up apologizing to me later on. Did you quit the moonlighting job? <laughs> no, still didn't quit. But uh, man, that went, when I had to go to that old guy and tell him that I was uh, leaving his lab to start my own company, that was one of the hardest things I think I've ever had to do in my entire life was mm. to go up in his office and tell him that because he was a hard-nosed old man. And uh, I was scared to death he was going to try and beat the out of me right there in his office. (laughs) A lot of violence in this lab. Yeah, it was. That was still one of the craziest places I've ever worked. All family owned, ton of family that worked there. So you've got all the family bickering back and forth and uh, the internal family disagreements and arguments. And every other day, it it felt like there was a fist fight getting ready to go down in that place. (laughs) Kept you on your toes. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah yeah so did he give you his blessing when you said you're starting your own lab or what he, did he actually did so oh, uh, i remember telling him joe and i've been there for about 15 years and i told him i'm going out i'm st- i'm putting my two weeks in i'm gonna start my own company uh start my own lab if you need to more, you know more than two weeks I'll, I'll give it to you uh i'll do whatever you want to you know, I, I didn't want to just leave him because yeah. um, I had a lot of responsibility there and they relied on me a lot. And uh, he said, well, I knew this day was going to come sooner or later. Uh, and he commended me on uh, everything I had learned and uh, my accomplishments uh, while I had been there. And he goes, he goes, well, do you have anybody in mind as far as uh, 
any of uh, my doctors or accounts are going to go after. I looked at him and I'm like, all of them. <laughs> yeah, all of them. And he goes, good. You should. Wow. Um, yeah. That's, That's awesome. crazy. He was a cool old guy. You can have him. <laughs> I mean, he was old, set in his ways. I was wondering when I left that I did not want to uh, follow in that uh, mindset or that mind uh, frame either of uh, – he was one of these old guys that did not want to pick up or uh, get into this the, the new digital era that was coming up. And he got burnt on a lot of stuff, too, with uh, Procera and just a lot of closed source systems. And so he was real hesitant to stay up with, with, with the new coming of age technology that's coming out. And uh, that really is what ended up doing him in, in the end, that lab. Hmm. Um, so... I try my best to keep up with all the printing and the digital world. It is such a pain in the butt, too, because, I mean, I'm, I'm still old school in, in a lot of my ways uh, as far as techniques and materials. Yeah, so I was going to say, so you are a little bit old school in analog and digital. How are you incorporating that now in your lab? we got a couple of 3D printers. And, uh, of course, we do a ton of milling. I don't handle much of the milling. You know, that's all done over there on the Crown and Bridge side. Sure, yeah. But, uh, you know, there's some aspects of it that I still want to get into. Are you designing, like, the bars and stuff yourself? Oh, yeah. We don't mill any of the bars here. Actually, the mill we have is capable of it. but Not a lot of folks do. But we do. We, we design everything. We've got three shaped throughout the whole building. I guess the biggest innovation that's really helped me out, at least, is going from uh, the analog waxing of uh, cast partial frameworks to uh, scanning all the model work and then designing all those with three shape and then printing them out and then casting them. Sweet. So, yeah, use three shape to do all of my designing. We print them. And then I still go back to the old school cast uh, torch with the uh, with the wind ups and turbo casting machine to cast them all. <laughs> and I bet they fit damn good, don't they? <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, that was uh, you know I was spoiled before I started this business with a good old induction casting machine mm-hmm. and uh, cast them all that way. Of course, when we started the, this company, I uh, didn't have money to just go out and buy. A thirty thousand uh, dollar casting machine at the time, so I had to learn how to do all that and go back to the old torch. But uh, I tell you what, since I've gone back to the torch, my my castings have come out so much better, cleaner, uh, more yep. cleaner, more accurate than they yep. were when I was using that old induction casting machine. Yep. Um, you just have a lot more control over the heat with that torch. Yep. But, it, I mean, there's definitely a, a, a much larger learning curve uh, to, to cast, especially big frameworks that way. So it's harder to teach other techs to do that, but that's still what uh, I prefer to do now. I love it. Are you the only one that does cast frames there? Yeah, right now. I was going to say, how do you, you going to teach somebody? It's a dying art. <laughs> it is. I mean, and you almost have to teach everybody that technique uh, or that part of the field right uh, from the get-go because nope i mean nobody wants to do it anymore i i hate doing it i wish cast frames would just go away and something else <laughs> would come to take their place but everything you know not, nothing's really uh come to fruition yet in my opinion you know we've done if you have tried well yeah i've had some sent off and had them 3d printed and there's 
they just come back so rough looking and mm. the metal is brittle that the, the cat the class are nowhere near as flexible yeah i still think casting them is is the way to go i mean there's pectin there's all kinds of different materials coming out for uh for frames but nothing is as rigid as uh you know chrome cobalt is and i'm still a cast chrome cobalt man at heart yep you ever do them for other labs no, I will not do frames for another lab. I hate doing it for no. myself. <laughs> You're not opening that floodgate, are you? Because I was going to uh, say, you'd be bombarded if you said yes. No, yeah, no. Uh, I, I, won't, I, don't, I, I don't work for other labs. Uh, I'll do some uh, – uh, uh, I'll help some of, some of my buddies out here and there. You know, I think I did a case for Gary Archer, processed uh, some flexible stuff for him when his flexible guy was – he fell off a ladder and – broke his back i don't know something happened to that guy bad for a while but uh um, was it for a movie no this oh, wasn't for a movie this boo. was just for one yeah just yeah <laughs> I, know. I know i'd love to get into that stuff man no hell no but hell that's, no you don't work too for much. labs i mean labs i'm a lab so when i send something off with very few things we do outsource every once in a while here and there i gotta make money off of it i'm a businessman so I, it's gotta be for a certain dollar amount yep Labs always want things cheaper than what you sell to their doctors, and to me, it's, it's I'm still doing the same amount of work, and I'm going to charge the same amount, you know, the same price. So, uh, uh, I, 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 you know, there's no discounts given out here and there unless it's a, a friend-to-friend basis. But good for you. Keep it that way too. Just saying. So, what's up with your Mister Awesome on Instagram? Oh, that goes back to. You know, I was watching an old documentary. It was a, uh, it was an old Donkey Kong documentary. It was called Donkey Kong: A Fistful of Quarters. Anyways, there's this crazy Donkey Kong world champion player on there. I think it went by the name of Captain Awesome, and I don't know. I just liked it, and uh, so I figured I'd make my Instagram Mister Awesome. And then somebody already had you know Mister Awesome with one W, so I had to put the other one in there to. Uh, to get it uh, accepted but uh yeah i don't know that's just me being an idiot really did not expect a donkey kong reference that came out that's of nowhere cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good it's a good documentary man check it I out think i've seen it actually i used to play donkey kong every single day before school I go to the Pickwick and play Donkey Kong. That's crazy. Well, yeah, I loved the old quarter arcades. I got an, Artor- an Atari shirt on right now, actually, that I'm wearing <laughs> at the lab. Nice. Awesome. So when you started your Instagram, was it meant for dental or was it a personal that became a dental? Yeah, it was a personal that became a dental. I actually had no clue that there was such a huge dental lab. I know. Community on crazy? Instagram. Uh, and just kind of ran into it by happenstance and uh just kind of switched everything over from just a personal instagram to more of a dental related one with a vulgar twist to it i guess vulgar twist i love it yeah <laughs> i will say it's entertaining mildly inappropriate <laughs> but a lot of fun and that's what instagram should be about well i mean i can only be so serious and I try to have fun with everything I do, you know, and uh, sometimes I have no filter. Things just come to my mind and uh, I post it. And then I'm, later on, I'm, sometimes I'm like, good God, you know, <laughs> if my doctors ever start following me, which some of them do. <laughs> that was going to be a question I had for you. I've actually gotten some work from that account, though. Seriously? Um, yeah. Well, 
if you ever follow doctor groups, they can be just as inappropriate as lab people. So yeah, well, yes. I mean, so, sometimes I'll post something on there, and all of a sudden I lose, you know, a hundred followers. But whatever. <laughs> there's enough serious accounts out there, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, nothing wrong with being serious and uh, all haughty toddy and uppity about you know your work and what you post. But I don't. I've never been that way. I probably never will be that way. Like I said, I like to have fun. I like making people laugh at my own expense. Don't judge me. (laughs) (laughs) Never. Well, to be honest, it's unique, and that's what got Barb's and I attention. And that's what really draws us to say, I got to find out this guy's story. (laughs) My story is, I drink a lot of beer and I smoke a lot of cigarettes, and uh, I'm drinking one right now. There's no way I was going to come on this uh, without at least having a... Can I say what time it is? Yeah, it's 11.30. Hey, I don't do this every day. This is special occasion. (laughs) This is is special occasion beer. On a Wednesday. For for Barb and Elvis while I'm on the show. I think it's brilliant. Personally, we should all be having a beer at work at 11.30. Every damn day, especially this week. Oh, my God. It's a full moon. You know full moons, y'all. It's a freaking orange moon. Crazy day yeah well i mean it's crazy it's a it's 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 a crazy atmosphere in here right now um you know if uh, if it can go wrong during a week where uh, we've got a big event coming up you know we're um, taking a couple of my guys down to lab day east this weekend and uh, we're gonna take the train up to uh, philly so we're closed friday so we've got a ton of work to get in, and I mean that's when all of a sudden all the rush cases come in, and and the onslaught of work from doctors comes in, and I mean it's the holidays, uh, everyone's breaking teeth, the repairs are coming in left and right. I don't know what happens come around October, November. I feel like yeah. everyone just starts chewing on nuts and bolts and. <laughs> It's called stress of the holiday. And uh, are just breaking teeth off left and right and want to salvage every single little thing they came with their partial. Oh. Uh, you know, uh, the medieval torture mouth devices start coming in where, uh, you know, they're frank indentures and they've had 10 additions to them and they've got to yeah. hold on to this partial that's 20 years old and get it fixed and good god i don't know how some of these people keep these things in their mouths do you do anything uh crazy for halloween do you make awesome denture or something cool for yourself uh, I, I used to do a lot of that stuff i made the fangs and the grills and lately i just have not had time to mess with anything like that but i've done a lot of it in the past i'll usually carve some kind of really weird uh, crazy inappropriate jack o' lantern every year and stick it out. That's what we did last night. Yep, I love Halloween. Yeah, so we're we're busy. Uh, and then uh, you know everyone's dying lately too. It's does anybody have any grandmas and grandpas left? Because I don't think there's any left here at the lab. Mm. Uh, it's sad, but geez, man, it's always at the absolute worst time. And, you mean when employees? Oh to, like, yeah, take I've had somebody out for. I was wondering uh, where you're going with this diet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always somebody out lately. So this week I got a guy out. Had a guy out a couple weeks ago. He was out for three weeks. He's Ooh. from Mexico. His uncle was killed by the cartel down in Mexico. You can't make this stuff up. Actually, no, it ended up not being what? the cartel. It was the Navajo Mafia. If you've ever heard of anything like that. Wow. 
Yeah, that's amazing. Who knew they existed, but <laughs> great. Now they're going to hear the podcast. We're going to be on the <laughs> list. Thanks, man. <laughs> Just been wow. put on someone's to kill list. Yeah, Dowser. So you're taking everybody down to Lab Day East. Is there anything that you're super interested in? Elvis, you're going to be there too, right? Yeah, so we'll... Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah, definitely want to go meet Elvis face-to-face. Prepared to be disappointed. <laughs> you know, Lab Day East, is, it's a, it's a definitely a smaller event. Uh, there's not a whole lot of good courses down there, I don't think, this this year. But uh, there's a few uh, good implant seminars that I want to take the guys to. Um, so that they can see someone else's point of view uh, other than mine. But mostly I just want to go down there and have fun, man. I've never been to Philly. Take the train, Amtrak up there and hit up the bars, uh, take some classes and uh, walk around the exhibition floor Saturday and really just have a good time. Take some of these guys that work hard for me and uh, we'll go down there and splurge, man. And that's what I miss about meetings, too. It's not only the meeting, but, you know, hanging out, going to a different town, going out, seeing people you haven't seen in a while, learning stuff as well. But, yeah, I we had a good time when we went there, Elvis, a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, that was when we went to the opera singing restaurant, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the right. opera singing restaurant? That just sounds like a complete nightmare to me. I'll be it sure actually to stay was... away from that. Uh, <laughs> it was unique. Bar. It was unique. I mean, I got to at least go find the Rocky statue and get a couple of pictures. Oh, of hell Rocky. yeah. There you I, go. Mean, I hear there's a really good retro arcade out there, too. So that might be right up your Donkey Kong Alley. Barcades are making a, a, a huge uh, comeback. So we got a couple here in Richmond. The self-serving beer barcades. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely frequent them. I bet. <laughs> wow. So what's Colonial working on next? What are you looking to do? What's coming up? The next big thing, really, I, I, I'm probably behind on this, but uh, is uh, the, the 3D printing night guards. That's what I really want to start doing. We've got all the modules for 3Shape. You said you had 3D printers. Yep, we got the 3D printers. I just got to find the time to start messing around with that software and get those designed all digitally and start printing them out. Hmm. We use Clear Splint by Astron right now for all our night guards, and I love that material. But still, it, even pouring them, it's a long, drawn-out process. And uh, I think Keystone's got a really good material out, yeah. uh, that Keysoft mm-hmm. Splint. So I've got the Sprint Ray Pro 95, and I really want to start printing those. Hmm. But right now, it's just finding the time to sit down, learn the module, and, and, and get it done. And then, you know, I got to learn it first, then I got to teach somebody else. So. Well, you say you're looking to hire... Yep, uh, and that's in. how's that going? Real easy? <laughs> no, man, God, there's the, for one thing, it's hard to find help in general. Nobody wants sure. to work. Everyone's sitting at home collecting unemployment, and all the good technicians they've got a job. So, yep, finding sure. a high end technician that can really do everything from start to finish and has a good knowledge of of implant work is. It's not easy. And then they command top dollar, too, as they should. So uh, that is probably the next big step for us. And uh, we're right on the cusp of being able to achieve that. But as soon, you know, it always happens. As soon as you're ready to pull the trigger on it, all of a sudden things slow down. And then you're like, mm, I don't know if it's the right time yeah. yet. But yeah. it's never the right time. Uh, 
anytime I've ever finally decided to grow and expand, it's something that you just end up doing and then you make it work. And uh, we've been real blessed with uh, good doctors uh, continuing to come on and uh, come on board and partner up with us and, and grow the business. And hopefully it'll stay that way. Do you guys have a sales force? We have had a couple of sales reps in the past work for us. We're still trying to figure that whole avenue out. Yeah. You know, we've uh, we've been in business as a full service lab for what, nine years now, be 10 years next year. And there's a still, you know, we're, I, I consider it still to be a young business. And uh, there's a lot uh, that we're still striving to learn and master ourselves. So bringing on a marketing rep full time is uh, is definitely an avenue we're seeking. Yeah, you know that there's a whole nother set of issues involved with that position that hopefully we'll get figured out here soon. Yeah, that's a position I'm not too crazy about. I was just curious. We've got so many well, I hate doing it too, man. God, yeah. but really, right now. We haven't had to do a whole lot uh, of marketing. We've just been flooded with new accounts, new doctors, word of mouth. We do a word lot of, of mouth. word of yep. mouth has still been our biggest draw over everything. That's the best way to market, to be honest with you. Well, it's, it's a good way to market. Uh, yeah. uh, you can't rely on that, but it it does do that. A couple of marketing reps that we've had in the past, they've uh, they've def- you know they've come through. We'll get a huge influx of work, but it's everyone and anyone, you know. Yes, exactly. And then you're stuck with a bunch of just shit work that and shit doctors that you end up losing in the long run because they're just too much of a headache. So yeah. right now, I mean, we're at a point where we can pick and choose who we want to work with and who we want to partner with, and it's working out. So Nice. Awesome. What's your opinion on 3D printed denture? I have a feeling you have a strong opinion about <laughs> yeah, it. No, I, I would never, ever... The, the, 3D printed dentures definitely have their place in, in this field. But as far as the quality and uh, the craftsmanship and the personalization of them and the longevity of them, to me, they're still just a, a, a temporary or a, a lower quality interim denture. And we run into problems with them all the time as far as... We got some dentists that use them and they sent, we'll get relines and, you know, acrylic doesn't want to bond to that plastic. Teeth are all one shade. Um, there's a bunch of different ways they can be printed and milled, but to me, it's still just a stepping stone to a permanent, more handmade, more handcrafted appliance. Well, that's an interesting point you bring up. If you get a denture that was printed or milled to do a repair or to do a reline, do you have to know the resin that was used or how it was done? Or is it just like, I'm going to hope this sticks. <laughs> I don't know why they send them to us to get relined in the first place because they should just be sending it back to whoever they got it made with because they can just take an impression in that 3D printed denture and they should be able to just 3D print out a new one. One would think. But yeah, one would think. <laughs> but yeah, there's no, uh, there's so many different resins out there. Uh, that they're and they're all different, and some of them mesh a lot better with acrylic than than others. And uh, there's you know the dentist is not going to know. They're not going to. They'll never be able to tell you that information. I'm not even going to ask them. But sure, most of the time, acrylic and the 3D printed resins don't work well together. Mm. And uh, we'll, we'll we end up just rebasing it. 
then reprocessing it all out of acrylic because uh, whatever we do to try to reline it just ends up peeling right out of the inside of the denture. So, so you end up replacing all the resin with acrylic anyway. Exactly. Um, and then it's not, and then it's not a digital 3D, 3D no, denture it's not. anymore anyway. So. But uh, I'm excited about the uh, the way that the uh, the industry's headed with uh, with 3D printing and milling. I don't, it, I definitely don't think it's there yet. We've got the capability and the means to do it, but not for any type of a higher end personalized long term appliance. Uh, for an economical money saving denture, then yeah, I think they're great. At least as far as where we're at right now. That's a really popular question that we ask on the podcast. Definitely two removable technicians. You know, which which way do you see it? Where do you see it? Is it here? Is it there? And I would say, Elvis, you'd probably agree, probably over 85, 90% of removable techs feel the same way you do, Justin. Well, if, well, then too, I mean, when, you, when you're printing out these tri-indentures, they're, they're usually all one color, everything's one piece, and you send it to the dot. Most removable dentists or doctors uh, sending your removable work, uh, especially like a full upper, lower, fully edentulous patient, they're not going to get the bite right on the first try. Shoot, mm-hmm. some, sometimes not until they're like not at, even it after can. eight or nine <laughs> trying are they not getting yep. it right. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and then there's no way to adjust anything in the mouth. It's all one piece. Yeah. And then you're ah. not seeing the real shade of the teeth. I mean, we do so many shade changes here. It's ridiculous. On denture teeth? Yes. I, I don't know how or why. Uh, and I'm full upper lower dentures too. Every time I get a, a case in for a full upper lower denture and they give me a shade like a C3, yeah. like, and I, just, I know right off the bat that this thing is going to be a shade change. What, where, where, who wants a, sh- uh, you know, some dark shade for a full upper lower like that? And uh, <laughs> that's weird. And it, and it still just blows my mind how. You're getting shades wrong like this uh, on a, well, not so much on a full upper lower, but just a, a, a wrong shade in general and removable on a full denture. When you've got a shade guy, you know, we're not the ones taking the shade. If you give us a shade, uh, that's what you're going to get. So uh, I don't know, it's, it's just so frustrating. And the, the midline changes, uh, you know, move, move this midline over half a millimeter. Like you can look at anybody in the face and tell a midline is off by half a millimeter. I just take those and seal them right down and send them back. (laughs) 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 Oh, it looked great, man. I know that 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 half a millimeter made a huge difference. Just have them turn their head half a millimeter. Do you get a lot of doctors that actually adjust the teeth in a wax try-in? Yeah, we see. Do we do really? do that. We do. Uh, I've got a lot of dentists that do that, and it, it helps us out a lot. I mean, uh, to make these little quick and easy uh, twist turns that the patient might want, just do it right there while you got the patient in the chair. You know, you've got the patient. I've got an articulator with a set of teeth on it. Uh, I don't have the personality behind it. I don't. I don't have any of that. So. You know, it helps us a lot if they can just do easy things like that in the mouth. But uh, we do have the ones that want you that will not lift a finger to do anything at all, and then they keep you guessing or send you pictures. You know, I love opening up an email uh, or a doctor tell me they sent pictures. Please go refer to these pictures. 
I opened the email up and it's just a close-in, zoomed-in picture of, of some woman's mustache and nose hairs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> this ain't helping me so out none. So I got true. one where it was just a lady laying on the floor playing checkers the other day. <laughs> what? <laughs> where are these pictures coming from? They're not smiling. You can't see their teeth at all. <laughs> Who is sending this stuff? That's great. I love the celebrity pictures too. Where uh, I was going to ask that, you ever get magazine yeah, photos? Yeah, yeah, magazine photos of anyone. Hey, make me look like Madonna. Yeah, just any uh, any celebrity. And it's like, man, I hate to tell you, but you look like sloth from the Goonies. There ain't nothing <laughs> that I can make in this set of teeth that is going to help you win any beauty contest. <laughs> Yeah, we get those too. I mean, uh, I love too when they send you when the scripts, you know, they send these pictures and they're like, patients extremely concerned with aesthetics. They're extremely aesthetic driven. Uh, That patient doesn't want any metal showing on, no metal class, no metal class in the anterior. And I'm looking at it, it's like their teeth look like hands folded in prayer. (laughs) And this guy's aesthetically driven? Come on. Give me a break. Um, these clear clasps, I'm um, the only two canines left in their mouth that are uh, That's looking east and west. It's not going to get them on star search. Mm-hmm. I definitely tell it like it is. That's for sure. Well, Justin, awesome to get to finally talk to yeah, you. Yeah, man. You too, Elvis. I look forward to seeing you here uh, in the next couple of days. And you too, Barbara. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. Oh, yeah. I guess after this airs, it'll be, uh, I don't know, it's uh, kind of like a we're getting some weird Back to the Future vibes going on right now. It's, uh, <laughs> it'll be after the uh, the event this coming weekend, yeah. but yeah, but, uh, yeah. Well, well, I'll be seeking you out. Uh, maybe I'll be wearing my Voices from the Bench t-shirt. Nice. Yeah. We'll be at the pre-booth in case you haven't heard that 20 times already. <laughs> yeah, no, I've heard it. <laughs> <laughs> well... We encourage everyone, check out, if you're on Instagram and you're not easily offended, Mr. Awesome, that's M-R-A-W-W-E-S-O-M-E, <laughs> Mr. Awesome. It's great stuff. It's entertaining. I love what you're doing. Keep doing it, man. It's fun. I love doing it, too. Uh, it keeps me occupied, and uh, I like laughing at myself, if anything. So. You still wearing suspenders? I got them on right now. <laughs> Hear that? That's awesome. I'm looking at your Instagram post right now with the suspenders. It's great. Hey, I'm a suspenders man now. Yes. Uh, That was quite an epic change for all of us in Instagram. I'm already one step away from the uh, straight jacket, so might as well start with the uh, the baby strips first. Feels like I'm constantly being hugged all day long. I like it. I figured you're looking to, you know, gain 600 pounds, so you're just giving up on the belt right now and just... <laughs> I don't think so. It's always back. He's not gaining weight. He's got lots of it's all the stress and the uh, the smoking. Awesome, Justin. Appreciate it. We'll see you in Thank a couple you. days, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Thanks a lot, Elvis and Barbara. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Yeah, man. Bye. Grow3x is a dental supply, service, and marketing company. It was founded by Norbert Palmer, and his goal with Grow3x is to help dental labs, and especially small labs, 
to lower their costs for supplies, provide business opportunities, and generate growth. Anybody can work with Grow3x and buy from them at a very attractive prices. They carry amazing zirconia burrs, and their rainbow burrs are for PMMA and Trilor are top-notch. They also carry zirconia from Adite and a wide range of Harvest dental products and different 3D print resins. What's really cool about Grow3x is that you can join their Grow3x family program for only 99 cents. What? I know. It's amazing. It's cheaper than the dollar store. Hell yeah. This will then give you an additional 10% discount on all of their supplies and even their CAD CAM design and fabrication services. You've got to try it. They really want to help labs save and grow as they know how hard it is competing with the large groups. And by the way, did you guys know that Norbert from Grow3x used to have his own lab some 10 years ago? So he really does know what labs need. Get a three-month trial membership with Grow3x Family now for only 99 cents and receive three Shade Peg shots free of charge. Shade Peg is a great stump shade material to better match even the most difficult shades. So if you're doing all ceramics, Shade Peg is where it's at. So go over to Grow3x.com and add the Grow3x family to your cart. Then add three shade peg shots of 3cc each to your cart and then go to check out. But first, before you buy, enter the discount code VFTB for Voices from the Bench and then you check out. Boom! It's that easy. We appreciate your support of the podcast, Grow3x. So guys, have you seen the high prices of precious metal these days? They are close to record highs on gold and palladium. We know that you are using less precious metals in your lab these days, but if you send in half of what you sent in five years ago, your scrap return will be higher than it was five years ago. Because of the high PM prices, you owe it to yourself to find a trusted, reputable refining company. Look no further. Colzer Refining has been tested, trusted, and reputable for over 100 years. They burn, melt, and assay all under one roof at their state-of-the-art refining facility in Wardburg, Tennessee. They have doubled their production capacity to ensure your scrap return within two weeks. They use an ICP for their assay technique with the fire assay method if needed as well. With all the non-precious material that has become present in today's restorations, it is important that we ensure the assay sample is homogenous. At Colzer, they take the extra step to x-ray the top and the bottom after they melt the bar to make sure the precious metal percentages are the same. If not, copper is added until they are positive and the bar is homogenous. They know that this step is very important to get a precise essay result. Their reimbursement to the customer is after their 10% refining fee. They have zero additional fees. If you need any free shipping containers, which contain a UPS prepaid, fully insured label, please visit mydental360.com forward slash refining or call the director of precious metal refining, our friend Tony Cercelli, directly at 914-906-1843. So collect those vacuum bags, floor sweeps, miscast and spills, and get the best scrap return in the industry with Colzar Refining. Tested, trusted, and honest. And we appreciate your support of the podcast, Colzar.
Thank you, Justin, for joining us on the podcast. That was a really great interview. Super great. Uh, I really enjoy how you tell it like it is. That's kind of how I roll and you don't hold back. As long as you don't mind being slightly offended, but still enjoy a good laugh. Go follow him on Mr. Awesome with two W's on Instagram. But just let me say, we're warning you. Or don't say we didn't warn you because we did. (laughs) All right, everybody. That's all we got for you. We'll talk to you next week. It's been a whole week. It's been so long. I know, I know.